I think we'll spend two sessions on Colossians 1, 28 and 29. And the first one, take verse 28. Whom, now that refers back to Colossians 1, 24 to 27, the verse just before uh, where he says, the wealth of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And now he picks up on Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ is the hope of enjoying the glory of God, which would include the hope of being presented mature in Christ, which is what the next sentence is about. Whom, namely this hope of glory, Jesus Christ, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And that present there is present at the last day when we will come into the inheritance of the hope of glory. So, Father, as we look at this, I pray that you would grant us to understand for ourselves what it is to proclaim Christ, what it is to warn, what it is to teach, and what it is to present everyone mature in Christ, that we ourselves may be thus presented and be the means of others' presentation mature as well. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Whom we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present. Really, we, meaning uh, Timothy and the, the other parts of the team that Paul has with him, we ourselves may present everyone mature. What then does Paul mean earlier when he says, in verses 21 and 23, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, God has now reconciled in Christ's body of flesh by his death in order to present. So now God in Christ is doing the presenting here, present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Christ, before him, or before God and Christ. How does Christ's or God's presenting the church holy, blameless, above reproach, which would be a part of present everyone mature in Christ, this presenting here? How does that relate? And I think the answer is remember, he said, we will be presented holy, blameless, and above reproach if. We continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not, a, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. So stability is required and steadfastness is required and not shifting is required. How does that happen? And I think Paul is saying here in these verses, we proclaim Christ and we present, that is, we become the agent of the fulfillment of this if right here. If indeed you continue in the faith, if you continue stable, if you're steadfast, if you're not shifting, and that's my job as a preacher, is to help you remain steadfast and be presented mature and holy and blameless and above reproach in Christ. So I don't think there's a contradiction between Christ presenting us and Paul's presenting us because Christ is the ultimate presenter and he uses people 
we to preach Christ and warn and teach so that we become the agents of fulfilling the condition if, if indeed you continue in the faith stable and steadfast. How does Paul go about presenting them mature in Christ? And he preaches Christ, and he does it in two ways, warning and teaching. Warning and teaching. Think of the difference between those two. Teaching involves what? Explaining especially. So, explaining reality. So people really understand it. Now, what does warning do? Or you could say, we teach reality, we explain reality, and we press reality. We press it home. And pressing would involve what? It would involve warning. It would involve exhortation. It would involve admonition. All these words are contained in this Greek word here. So always keep in mind, when we are helping people mature, we are doing it by explaining the word and reality behind it, and we are doing it by taking what we've explained and pressing it home with warnings and exhortations and admonitions. And it's not just we. Here's a remarkable thing. Over in chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. So it's not just Paul who does the teaching. It's not just Paul who does the admonishing. Same two words. In fact, he goes on for another parallel. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, which is exactly what he says here. Warning everyone, teaching everyone in all wisdom. So that's amazing. So here's the apostolic task of presenting everyone mature in Christ. And then he said, now we're all involved in this. You let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and use that word to teach. Use that word to admonish and do it with all wisdom. What does that mean? We're, we're teaching with wisdom. We're admonishing with wisdom. Paul prayed for it in chapter 1, verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, because these folks are involved in doing the very thing Paul says he's doing in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. We need wisdom when we teach, right? Or here's Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Now, that's a good, I include that text here, not only because it's in Colossians, but because wisdom is not just knowing right things, right? It's not just knowing the doctrines. It is having a discernment of how to use them. That's why he says, toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. There are different ways. If you've got an opportunity, this word means opportunity. If you've got an opportunity with an outsider, you need to think, through, okay, what's the wise way to use the word of God for the outsider? Wisdom 
is not just keeping a list. It's not just making a list of doctrines or a list of do's and don'ts. It is a spirit of discernment, a spiritual discerning power given by the Holy Spirit to know the best way to apply teachings in a given moment. One more text on wisdom right here, just a few verses later in chapter 2 after our text. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. So when he says he proclaims Christ there, whom we proclaim, he's giving the very one as he unfolds who Christ is and what he's done. He's sharing the wisdom that will enable these people to grow in holiness, above reproach, blameless, and become mature in Christ. So next time we see how he does this in terms of a struggle and a working which Christ powerfully works in him. So not just wisdom, but power is needed for this work.